1: perspective on human phoniness. Do you ever get the feeling, Carl, that people are uh, not being completely honest or forthright, you know? Maybe not putting it all out there, kind of holding back. What do you think?
2: Oh, every day I think I see (laughs) signs of that. I mean, we ourselves are being given a disclaimer, you know, because maybe God is phony. Yeah. You know, they don't know. We don't know. I mean, we can't claim certitude, certainty about anything, really. We're only flesh and blood. We only have our wits to work with and the information we can garner. So we're doing the best we can. And all I can tell you is this is authentic and it's coming from the heart and it's coming from a higher place. I am totally convinced of that. And The words from Creator do not come from me. They come through me. But it's another consciousness out there, another intelligence. Oh, I'm persuaded as well. You you got me persuaded, Carl. <laughs> well, and this is a treacherous world. And oh, yes. I, I talk all the time about how we're told ourselves most channelers are not authentic. They're not channeling yep. who they think they are. They believe in what they do because they mean well and they're honestly seeking a higher truth, but they reach an imposter. So there, there's a lot to be careful with in the information you're exposed to Absolutely. from every source. Absolutely. You asked Creator,
1: if there was ever a list of ideals given lip service, but poorly pursued in actual practice, the idea of having an open mind would have to be near, if not at the very top of the list. From Creator's perspective, how would Creator characterize an open mind And how such a mind would function ideally in this highly
2: problematic world. All right, and this is how Creator answered that question. Having an open mind is a very valuable commodity indeed. It is an ideal and is the routine mode of operation of the light being to be unbiased, but allowing and waiting until one has input of some kind a message, a stimulus and exchange with other beings and going from there, making a fresh start each time, knowing that energies can change, and beings as well will vary in their focus and intention and their state of mind, so to speak, from one time to another. While there are consistencies and soul characteristics that govern behavior and the expression of consciousness of the light being, it is more uniform in the overall fairness in looking at things in an unbiased fashion. The physical human is quite different. First of all, it is a more limited state of being and in the bargain is constrained by having built-in defects, being cut off from the divine realm. So the robust intuitive reach of the light being is not in evidence, except to a certain degree by some gifted individuals. For most, it is a marginal experiencing at best. Moreover, the deep subconscious, which is the largest portion of the mind, is completely cut off from conscious awareness. So anything it knows or is experiencing will be completely unknown to the self at a conscious level. And this puts a person at a great disadvantage, often working in the dark, in ignorance, while reacting emotionally to things out of sight and out of mind, functionally speaking. This invites all kinds of maladaptive strategies to overcome the struggle in some way, to make it tolerable and to get by without digging a hole for oneself or being embarrassed by being put on the spot and not having a full possession of self-control and poise when one's inner emotional state of being could be in quite a degree of turmoil. But not being understood, it would be embarrassing to bring this up and there is really nowhere to go to get meaningful help. Any kind of therapeutic intervention will largely miss the point, other than the aftermath of the experiencing to do some hand-holding and reassurance and perhaps to suggest some coping strategies. But the therapy will not get at the deep issues giving rise to the emotional difficulties to begin with. This state of affairs greatly encourages people to wear masks, to adopt a persona, to represent themselves as being more capable, more together, more accomplished, and to cover up their own perceived shortcomings. After all, they seem vague and ill-defined. So even though there might be a significant struggle and deficit that results, it cannot truly be described in a meaningful way to an outside party. So, people will have to put on a happy face to avoid awkward questions or being judged in a way they cannot truly defend themselves and hold their own when they are unable to even understand themselves what is wrong. You are all walking wounded and are vulnerable, and while this is quite variable, with some being very resolute and strong-willed, steady and firm in their convictions. Others may be an emotional wreck, highly oversensitive and fragile to the extent they might wither during a simple question and answer exchange with someone wanting to get to know them. So we would say that most phoniness is not done for personal gain in an attempt to manipulate other people to obtain an advantage in some way to fool them or exploit them, but more of the opposite, to defend and protect the self. From outside scrutiny and criticism. People highly value their reputation, and rightly so, because that means a lot in society. People are quick to judge others, and if there is a perceived weakness or one that is self-admitted, that may cause others to, in effect, shun them, simply feeling uncomfortable and at risk themselves in being involved in some way in that person's life. So there is much at stake, even to the extent of remaining an accepted member of a social circle and keeping up appearances. This will continue as long as people remain a mystery to themselves. What is needed is much more healing to be done, deep within the subconscious level of the mind, as well as repair of the large amount of karmic baggage people have accumulated for many, many lifetimes of difficulty, struggle suffering and failures where they have been wounded or wounded others or both and carry the scars and still open wounds. Until that healing is done, people will need a crutch to lean on and a public image like a fake passport will give them an entree to society to help them get along and to survive.
1: You know, the the phrase that it out from this was people adapting maladaptive strategies. <laughs> um, I thought that was a particularly good term to use.
2: <laughs> yes, and, and, and this is a, a difficulty that plagues everyone. We're, we're, we're well aware of it, we're, we're studying this, we've studied it for a long time, and we've discovered things about the mind. Science still doesn't know yet, and that's this deep subconscious problem. Yes. And we have an answer, we have a solution, and we offer sessions through our website about this. This is a new thing. I didn't think about uh, you know promoting this in the, the show today, but we have a means to channel the deep subconscious so we can talk to the deep level of a person's mind and bring in a healing process of trauma resolution that is used routinely by psychologists on the upper levels, the upper reaches. Right. Right. But not able to get down deep. So just to let you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You asked creator, having an open mind can seem unappealing to some because it suggests a childlike vulnerability. Children are clearly much more open-minded than adults. And anyone with any experience around children knows how gullible and quick to believe anything children can be. How much is adult close-mindedness a direct result in
2: compensation for the vulnerability experienced as children? Mm-hmm. Right, and Creator tells us, here we are getting to the heart of the matter through these excellent examples. So we would say that the contrast between the young and the adults who are less open-minded is a direct function of how much trauma they have endured in the course of their life through being put on the spot, being subjected to stress, being expected to perform, and fearing the consequences of failure. And perhaps enduring failure again and again, even in their struggles to learn and be accepted by their peers and adults overseeing and judging them, like parents, teachers, and eventually supervisors in a work setting, oftentimes. Children being inexperienced and also cut off from awareness of their history are very much akin to a blank slate at least in what the conscious level of the, of the mind knows and has to work with. There is a natural trust most children exhibit if they have been nurtured as infants and will think the world can be a friendly place, unless there is a bad experience unfolding in the moment to show them otherwise. This makes them easy to work with, but also easy to manipulate and makes them vulnerable to learning bitter truths when eventually they are challenged, confronted or attacked in some way unfairly and find out about the reality of evil in the world and that when it strikes there may be no one who can truly protect them. So they are on their own and vulnerable and this is when inner doubts and fears can grow and cause people to develop a tough exterior to help shield them as a way of coping with their vulnerability. People greatly fear shame and humiliation from being judged by their peers. This is often a consequence of early trauma experienced during childhood and sets a person up to be fragile on a lifelong basis and prone to have strong emotional reactions to any similar circumstances where they might be put on the spot and in danger of being judged. This can be extremely limiting and will often have a negative impact on career attainment because people will be too fearful to take risks, to engage in things like public speaking where they're putting themselves on the line and open to criticism and must have the wherewithal to be confident and think on their feet and be an effective advocate for something without their emotions causing them to choke and lose their train of thought or be unable to recall key facts and figures needed to marshal an argument or the defense of a proposal, for example. So here again, the relative merits of being open-minded are a kind of opposite side of the coin, from the downside and liabilities created by lack of experience when one might be walking into a trap and be exploited by others or judged unfairly in some way, Because they were naive and assumed people were already on their side and were not expecting a personal attack of some kind. And when that happens, may be shocked and wounded in the bargain. Over time, they will close off and close down, given enough wounding to simply protect the self and survive. Here again is a healing need that could be extremely valuable if done effectively. You know, it's interesting. Um, it seems
1: like having an open mind probably to some degree requires an ability to cope with criticism, which is not a coping skill
2: that a lot of people really mastered very well, Carl. <laughs> yes, well, the, this, this really cuts to the heart of the, ma- the matter, doesn't it? That you have to be strong Yes. to be open. Yep. And on display, and involved in engaging with others, so you can hold your own, because people will test you. Oh yes, you know they'll they'll probe, they'll they'll check, and they'll set you up to to stumble even. Indeed. And see if they can catch you not knowing something, or or not having a good response or answer. And you know it's kind of like um, um, you know arm wrestling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you go in a, in a bar and you challenge the biggest dude to an arm wrestling contest, if, if you're a big dude yourself anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of a crude, metaphoric um, depiction of a test of wills, largely because of ego, probably, in most cases. But this happens in all levels, in all ways, in, in social engagements and interactions. Yes, uh, you US Creator, children are not just gullible, they are also
1: ignorant. However, even as children, lack of knowledge and understanding is quickly equated with stupidity. As a result, many if not most children learn early on that it is easier to pretend to know than admit ignorance. How widespread
2: is this problem among humanity? All right, and Creator says... We would say that most people have exhibited this characteristic trait at some time or another, and sometimes frequently, depending on the individual and their circumstances. Here again, the motivation is more to protect the self from shame and humiliation than to gain power and control over others when one is not truly worthy or deserving of that power and responsibility if they're not truly knowledgeable and prepared and capable in all other respects. So the issue, once again, is what one feels necessary to protect the self from being put on the spot and then criticized, judged, and perhaps even subjected to discrimination, a punishment of some kind to lose favor, be excluded through loss of confidence in their services or judgment, or perhaps to be weeded out of an organization if it comes to be seen they are a weak link. There are many circumstances where this is a very typical situation and struggle for almost everyone involved. One example being the catchphrase, never let them see you sweat. And this implies that showing weakness could be a person's undoing. And of course, this traps the individual in an impossible situation where they are in the end isolated and alone and have only their own resources to work with. And it might not be enough to bridge a gap in learning or understanding necessary for them to function well in a certain setting. But if there are people around them they cannot trust, they may have to fake it until they make it. To give an example of another catchphrase about this dilemma, all of this maladaptive behavior is a reflection of a dysfunctional society one is a part of and the damage to the self from being in a situation where you are uncomfortable about being accepted and therefore at risk. And therein lies a the double whammy. You know,
1: not only are we dysfunctional, but we have to figure out how to operate in a truly dysfunctional society. So it not only do you have to try to overcome your own dysfunction, but you have to actually learn genuine coping and social skills to navigate society successfully with all its dysfunction. It's a quite daunting
2: task. Well that's why many people are not so good at it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, people limp along and they they fall by the wayside. They settle for less. They don't get anywhere. They don't advance. They don't grow. They get sidelined and and they may not lack the they may lack the wherewithal intellectually or emotionally, but there are better ways to run a world and get along with one another that don't put people automatically on the defensive and at a disadvantage. So it's not so cutthroat. Absolutely. Yeah, we we all are struggling for
1: sure. Many of us at different varying levels and have different... uh, struggle at different intensities. Um, I know I struggled you know, as a child myself, and, and I personally overcame a lot of it by doing a lot of self-help, and I have a whole library of self-help books. So I, I, I made it a mission to try to, to get skills to cope, but I look back in awe at the amount of work I did and realize that most people don't even do a fraction of that, and, and I don't blame them because it was a lot of work. It took a massive amount of my, my young adulthood to, to overcome some of this stuff. It, it seems like that shouldn't be that way.
2: Well, and when people get discouraged, they won't take on that kind of project on their own. Right. Yep. They don't have the resources to 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 get the resour they get the materials to work with, let alone have the confidence it will pay off eventually right well speaking of materials
1: to work with check us out at getwisdom.com we have lots of such materials including our prayer book get that getwisdom.com slash prayer and learn about the Healing protocol at getwisdom.com slash LHP and we'll be back with more on human phoniness right after this Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com
0: forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment, segment of this week's Get Wisdom. You know,
1: with Get Wisdom, we like to explore disconnects. And uh, one of the big disconnects is... People not putting themselves out there in in a straightforward, honest fashion, holding a
2: lot back, and we're kind of digging into the reasons why that might be so. Carl. Well, and there there's dark sides to this as well. People have dark times; they have struggles, they have challenges and failures, setbacks, sometimes small and short-lived, and others can be lifelong and debilitating and even fatal in the end in yeah. shortening one's life. Sure. But we're also being manipulated as if we didn't have our own souls <laughs> and our own foibles <laughs> as being enough to worry about. Exactly. So yeah. we need to get into this. Oh boy.
1: U.S. Creator, how much is the fear of being ostracized, victimized, and exiled, a contributing factor to being susceptible to mind control manipulation?
2: Right, and this is what Creator says. Here again, we would say that oftentimes people are their own worst enemy. Inner weakness leads to all kinds of distortions of thinking, and the feelings generated cause actions that are not always in a person's best interest. The need to survive is a strong inner instinct, but one must have the wherewithal to deal with adverse circumstances and the pressures brought to bear by others. So having strength within to stand strong and be willing even to take risks will only be possible with inner confidence of one's ability and a willingness to take a risk by, being, by taking responsibility and accepting a challenge that puts them to the test, so to speak. That is a great way to get noticed, to obtain not just praise, but growing confidence, by those at a higher level who will be in a position to reward the individual in some way with greater compensation financially or through a promotion to expand their career in meaningful ways. When there are doubts and uncertainty within, that lack of conviction makes a person more vulnerable to manipulation. If they are being programmed within a deep part of the mind to believe certain things, follow certain recommendations, If this is done to give the impression they will win favor, they will gain a benefit, and that following that path will bring rewards, this, in effect, solves the dilemma in the moment brought about through their personal uncertainty and lack of confidence that will often leave them on the fence and afraid to act in one way or another. Mind control manipulation to program people essentially pushes them off the fence to one side or another. It may be a side they are naturally inclined to be on, but always the instructions will be to foster moving in a direction that will serve the darkness in some way and ultimately backfire and cause a problem. That is why it is done in the first place, to make people do something not in their best interest, but it will be couched in those terms. There will be false promises or a partial justification that highlights a short-term gain of some kind that acts as a kind of reward, even though the interlopers know over the long term there will be damage that accrues and eventually the person will suffer following these orders given surreptitiously. After all, most of the time, the subliminal programming is done to encourage personal inclinations on both sides of an issue. So the natural bias will be rewarded in some way with encouragement that to people with the opposite bias, will see as not a reason to embrace the thinking, but to attack those holding the view. This is cleverly done, so there is a reward for people in both camps. And will encourage them to ramp up their passions to embrace their side of the argument and vilify those with an opposing perspective. This creates ideal circumstances to divide and conquer by getting warring factions going. People who are uncertain, doubtful, weak willed, and lacking strong convictions will be more malleable and more manipulatable. To be put in a position at risk of making grievous errors in service to bad ideas that will cause a backlash and get them into trouble. Or simply end up as a kind of folly, causing them to lose time and valuable resources squandered in chasing an approach that was intended to fail all along. And will leave a person feeling deflated and defeated and doubting themselves once again as a consequence. This is why the process of enlightenment requires healing as its central activity. That will bring about a regaining of strength in all respects, including an inner conviction about what is right, what is just, what truly serves the individual and the collective enterprise. And having a good perspective about the pros and cons and the trade-offs involved with the individual and the collective effort, will allow people to be effective contributors while still seeing to their own personal needs, to not get in over their head, and to make a contribution without risking their own survival. That kind of measured, thoughtful, wise approach to things, if done universally, will bring the greatest rewards through productivity and universal success, that will be recognized individually and collectively as a consequence. So I think the,
1: the key sentence here is, um, Crater says, people who are uncertain, doubtful, weak-willed, and lacking strong convictions will be more malleable and more manipulatable, basically, to mind control manipulation. Um, that's, that's deeply insightful and disturbing because, well, Uncertain, doubtful, weak-willed, lacking strong
2: convictions. That kind of describes
1: all of us at one time or other, Carl.
2: <laughs> well, until we get ramped up with our passions yeah. about maybe a bad idea that we've embraced. And then it's taken to an extreme by manipulating us. Yeah. So people have a false appearance of strength many times. And really, in, in reality, from a big picture standpoint, they're weaklings. If you're taking part in a riot that could be devastatingly harmful, even to a single person, maybe they get their eye put out or clubbed on the head and they don't recover. Is that truly what you would like to be a part of? I don't think most people would feel great about that achievement, but yet people do this. They get involved. They get drawn in. They get sucked into it. And this is a manipulation. It isn't normal. It isn't natural. And it's one we gotta get
1: past for sure. We gotta, we gotta bring healing to the envelopers. We can never tire of saying that. U.S. Creator, how much do people equate consensus with safety? How much do tragic events in past lives contribute to an overwhelming need to seek acceptance from a majority or a powerful minority?
2: All right, and Creator tells us. This is an extremely important aspect in the makeup of each person and a huge influence on their personal happiness and success all through their life. The saying, no man is an island, is a truism. Everyone needs acceptance and seeks love from others. When one is judged and rejected for being different, being substandard, or in the wrong in some respect, There is a real wounding to the self that is unavoidable, and this people attempt to avoid at all costs, unless they lack sensitivity and compassion through having a character flaw that limits their ability to feel love and its effects. Reaching a consensus and being accepted by a group consensus is the mainstay of personal well-being for the vast majority of people and will be a requisite for a happy life. When people feel ostracized, thought of as second-class citizens, and so on, it will take an emotional toll through adding an ongoing life stress that will be debilitating and maybe even life-shortening. Any experience that threatens one's standing with respect to meeting the consensus view of acceptability will trigger the deep subconscious and cause it to survey all that it knows about the person's past in similar circumstances when there were difficulties of a similar feel and consequence. The deep subconscious will survey all the past lives to assess the knowledge base of where a person has been, what they have faced as challenges, and what outcomes ensued. Almost as a rule, there will be many, many lifetimes of extreme stress, suffering, disappointment, loss, and failure. This is because life has never been much easier. One might have a timeout life, so to speak, where they're in a comfortable position and only good things seem to happen. But that is an exception, not a rule. Most lives have challenges, often repeated challenges with many woundings along the way. This goes into a permanent record and is reviewable by the deep subconscious. In every subsequent lifetime, the wounds, in effect, still exist and will still hurt and can be made to bleed and drain the person energetically and emotionally. The past life traumas greatly outweigh the trauma of the current life almost always. Because they are only in the awareness of the deep subconscious, there is no practical way for a person to get help with this dilemma because of the disconnection of the conscious level of the mind. They can see all the therapists they want to and talk about how bad they feel, but the true causes will not come to light because the deep subconscious cannot tell them. It can only generate more anxiety, more fear, more unhappy feelings, but this will not be informative, just a worsening of things, and may even cause a person to shut down, if extreme enough. This is the power of the mind and emotion, to be a force to reckon with. People can be crippled by anxiety such that they are unable to attend school or unable to work and are sidelined from life, unable to participate. This is why dealing with past life traumas can be so important and the key for such individuals to recover and attain the wherewithal to function effectively in society once again, or perhaps for the first time ever. The tools are available to do deep subconscious channeling with trauma resolution, And this will allow reframing even seemingly distant past life memories to allow changing the energetic signature within the Akashic records. This allows a draining away of stored negativity and informs the law of karma. The episode is now neutral and need not be revisited and become an action item of karma to bring to your doorstep to deal with it is settled once and for all it is a tremendous blessing when this healing can be provided well certainly the message here is that anxiety
1: is widespread everybody has experienced it at one point or another but it's also the crux of the problem for a lot of people and that you can't just assume it's going to go away even when you're done with this life it is a Deep, deep problem, and one that requires healing
2: that just doesn't happen automatically. Well, and that is the rub. You can't talk your way out of it. It has to be resolved on a deeper level energetically. When I do subconscious channeling for that deep level of a person's mind and ask them about their current dilemma, whatever it is, they're stuck in their career or they have a physical malady or a relationship issue, depression, whatever it might be, cancer, there will be issues causing turmoil in the deep subconscious going on. And almost always it's from other lifetimes because they're such huge events, they're watershed events and that have projected forward and cascaded into subsequent lifetimes up to the present. And they're still stuck in the same battle they were fighting lifetimes ago. Yeah, and, and i the same people might be back in their lives acting out a similar drama. Why? To bring an opportunity to fix it. Right. We've never had the tools until now to go that deep and get to the heart of the issue and help rescue people from these inner dilemmas. It's quite remarkable. Yes, it is extremely remarkable. But people need to
1: realize that uh, the, the key message here is that probably the bulk of people's anxieties, including yours, are not stemming from events that are happening directly in this lifetime. You know, and what comes to mind is like a lot of people that have agoraphobia, for instance, fear to leave the house. And if you sit down and talk to some of them or learn about their background, it's completely inexplicable where this comes from. You know what? It doesn't seem like they had some massively traumatic event that would foment that kind of behavior, but yet they end up crippled by anxiety. Where does that anxiety come from? We have learned through this project and through your work, Carl, that the anxiety is coming from a past life, and yet we live in a society that doesn't recognize past lives. That's quite
2: disconnected. Well, this shows you the gap now and what the learning curve is going to have to be. I've worked with people with that issue. They've had lives where they went out the door and got killed. So if that's happened to you, you're going to be a little gun shy <laughs> about <Yeah. laughs> leaving safe safety in your know, hearth and home to right. venture forth. You know, this is, you know, it's not inexplicable. It's explainable. If right. you can get to the data, into the story, that yes. gives rise
1: to it. Well, that, that is the learning curve, like you said. And uh Society is simply going to have to come back to uh, an embracing and an understanding of of our bigger lives. You know, the the one, our multiple lives within one big life, our spirit and soul. And uh, yes. and we're we're trying to help bring that about with this project. And and you can help us bring that about by participating in Get Wisdom. You can check us out at GetWisdom.com. Become a participant member. It's eternally free, and you can check out ninety percent of our online content. Uh, with the participant member we got hundreds and hundreds of hours now of content uh, channelings uh, we got the get wisdom data you know wisdom database that has what up to 3,000 questions now or something well I just
2: heard yesterday we're now at (laughs) 4,700 oh my gosh and counting incredible incredible So there's
1: there's so much wisdom to partake, and we invite you heartily and readily to come in and participate. Getwisdom.com. And we'll be right back with more on human phoniness right after this.
0: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa. Play
2: Finding Your Frequency
0: podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways we offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive light worker healing protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity we pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries our weekly webinars featured the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally and we welcome viewer questions There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here, VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are looking at creator's perspective on human phoniness. And while that sounds like a bad thing, um, we're all guilty of it uh, to one degree or another. And really, the answer is not to look at it with a condescending eye, but one of a compassion. You know, that this is something that not only we struggle with personally, but, you know, have a compassionate outlook towards everybody else. Because anxiety is something that is really the the nut that we're trying to crack here, and it's a difficult one.
2: Well, and the reality is we're all incomplete. We're all faulty. We're not perfect. And there are gaps in our understanding, gaps in our knowledge. Gaps in our skill set and on and on. And so being phony at times is a way of coping. Yeah. And that's why it, we see it as deserving of compassion, unless it's used to truly fool someone and exploit them. But most of the time, not. It's, it's more to get by and get along. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And we're okay. going to get into this issue of loving truth as a kind of guidepost and I just wanted to say something up front. Sure. I was amazed at this particular answer. Not so much that it's unexpected, but it is so beautiful and eloquent and lofty in its tone and meaning. This is the kind of thing that convinces me that it's not me talking. <laughs> so heads up, you know, listen yep. for yourself. I, I concur completely. You asked creator the love of truth.
1: The capacity to have a truly open mind that weighs information dispassionately and without filters seems like a lonely commitment. As much as the love of truth gets lip service, the reality appears to be that the individual is fighting appearances and pressures to conform in every step of the way. What is creator's perspective?
2: All right, these are creator's words. All too often, embracing the truth, if it can be seen accurately may require holding within a divine perspective and to be in divine alignment in the doing, being in some cases an imperative for it to even happen. In most cases, people cannot see the truth because they live their lives seeing things through a kind of filter, a distortion of thinking and perception from inner false beliefs About the meaning of things and the implications and about themselves and their place in the world and on and on about the various aspects of their day-to-day lives. In a sense, people see an aspect of truth, but may see somewhat differing aspects about the same matter at hand because they are looking from different perspectives, different agendas, different experience bases and differing degrees of personal involvement, and whether they have a vested interest in the meaning of what is taking place and the direction things are heading and how it might influence them personally. This creates all kinds of inner bias in how one sees the world, interprets what happens, and formulates an action plan if a response is needed or appropriate. It is very much the case that a group of individuals witnessing the same occurrence will view the truth about what they see somewhat differently, and Creator will have, yet again, a different truth, in our perspective, being much broader and able to see the larger picture always. So, in a sense, the valuing of truth is an exercise in divinity, and the process of enlightenment, a return to truth in a more absolute sense than before through gaining knowledge and wisdom to have a broader perspective and a deeper understanding of all the factors involved, or at least more of the factors involved, so one can temper one's personal motives and agenda with an appreciation of the broader meaning and impact on others and adopt a more balanced view. And that is quite characteristic of divine wisdom, that it includes all in the discussion and considers the needs of all, even in the smallest details, as is necessary to have the ultimate fairness in any and all decisions affecting deployment of one's energy, because that will determine the outcome and consequences perhaps for many, many others in addition to the self. There is wisdom in thinking about things from the perspective of asking, what is Creator's truth about each particular dilemma? If only as an exercise to help broaden personal awareness and be a good reminder, there is more than the self involved always in everything that is seen and experienced by an individual. There are many interdependent lives and souls in action always in everything that takes place. And as we have said a number of times before, your thoughts and actions affect, at least in some small way, the entirety of the universe. That is both an example of a higher truth, but also the implications of the existence of higher truth. There are many considerations deserving to be addressed and given their due in all of your thoughts, feelings and actions during the course of your life. You know, uh,
1: interesting revelation here was equator, is Creator equating enlightenment with the capacity to uh, Love the truth, appreciate the truth, uh, perceive the truth of of all things at all times, I guess. And I hadn't really put those two together quite that
2: way. I thought that was an interesting interesting point to come across. Well, it's a rather profound idea that being divine means being creator-like. Yeah. And in the totality of that would require your being creator, I guess. We're not going to reach that level of capability, but we could do better than we do normally as a physical human, which is the point of the current exercise, you know, to learn about negativity right, and surmount it and understand why it's necessary and important. Well, I think one interesting
1: point to make is what we can perhaps strive to do, well, we can't obviously be creator and create worlds yet, Carl. It's a little down the road yet for us, I think. <laughs> uh, one thing we can be, begin to strive for is to try to acquire creator's outlook on fairness. You know, what how would creator balance the equities in a situation and exactly. how would creator view it as fair? I think that is a, that is a lofty goal that all of us can strive for right here and now.
2: Well, and, you know, look at how far away we are from that really being implemented or a part of the discussion. Yeah. I mean, it used to be because most people were religious Mm -hmm. and they would point to maybe uh, uh, a saying in the Bible to remind people that they have a higher duty and a higher standard they can look at and use in the argument of the moment to see how they're doing and, and We've lost that along the way. We culturally. have. We're doing a lot less of that now. Yeah, no. <laughs> for sure. Well, that's why we've asked four thousand seven hundred plus questions of Creator to get an infusion of new knowledge and an awareness of the truth of the divine. Yes. And there's a lot of it. There's a lot to think about. A lot to talk
1: about. A lot to explore. So. Well, that, out.
2: This is. This one answer is is a a, a meaty one. Yes. And, and I've heard the same statement from Creator a number of times now that everything we do affects the entirety of the universe. Yes. And I always set that aside as a conundrum because I couldn't really wrap my mind around that. It seems so wildly improbable. But Creator brought it up again in this yeah. thing. That your yes. thoughts and actions affect, at least in some small way, the entirety of the universe. That's and great. then said, that is both an example of a higher truth, but mm-hmm. also the implications of the existence of higher truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ways I interpret that is, Creator's giving us a divine end. Yeah. That we have much greater reach in our future to look forward to. And the yeah. promise is in the here and now, that we're already leaking out and we're, we're spreading yeah. Our intention, universe-wide, in only small energetic ways, but they could be larger and that is our future destiny, I believe. So that's my current take on that, no, I, a promise I, of things to come. I concur. It's a, it's a very hopeful outlook
1: and I, that's what this project is about, ultimately at the end of the day, is bringing about a positive outcome. You asked creator, a life of truth is truly a life lived courageously in this world. Can Creator share how prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol can help both the individual and society at large be more authentic in everything they do
2: and express? All right, and Creator tells us, the state of enlightenment is in its way a state of perfection, of alignment with truth from the highest vantage point. Any inner discord, any inner lack, any inner weakness, state of ignorance, Lack of concern or limitation is a healing need by definition. The question is then, how does one return to an inner state of perfection to be in alignment with the highest truth? That state of being is a state of tremendous inner strength and stability because when one is living in truth with this with the self and the universe in a partnership with the divine, one will be in effect unassailable, impervious to injury. It is a departure from divine alignment that makes people vulnerable and at risk, and much of what people struggle with is the dilemma of being out of alignment. Healing will smooth out the wrinkles and bring you back into the fold to once again be in a position of strength that will bring confidence and allow one to live with grace and ease because you will be sure-footed and your judgment will be keen and your thinking and decisions wise ones. This is a degree of attainment that is a continual journey because the existence of the soul as a separate being in effect from creator automatically means there will be something missing. Even if you've gone Even if you have a long ways to go to be creators equal, that does not mean you cannot achieve greatness and tremendous achievements of your own and to live a life filled with wonders that is engaging and wholly satisfying, bringing many rewards and many pleasures. Divine healing is the answer for restoration. All are in need, all are walking wounded no more so than the perpetrators themselves from the size of the negative karma they have created through their own perverse actions in living lives indulging in depravity. Even though this is the result of disconnection through the corruption by the spirit meddlers, the extraterrestrials nonetheless have the responsibility to awaken to the reality of the need to improve themselves and find a path back to the light back to divine alignment. This is a tall order for non-believers who have become sociopaths as a consequence. This is the challenge for humanity to heal them and save them in the bargain and at the same time knowing this will save you as well from being their victims. These are goals within your reach now. If you act and contribute your prayers for healing the interlopers, and the damage done to humans and your world, and especially through taking the effort to learn the Lightworker Healing Protocol and using it regularly to request again and again, in detail, a broad array of healing measures be brought to bear to solve the deep problems and achieve a karmic repair that will enable righting the wrongs of history and the continued success and progress of humanity, as well as the interlopers themselves to find a path back to divine alignment. This will be the greatest achievement of all time if you are successful. We invite you to join in this magnificent undertaking. Ah, Magnificent is uh, a huge
1: word and this is a huge undertaking. We're talking about Solving the problem of evil and nothing less than that, Carl.
2: Well, that is why we were created. This is a revelation Creator has given us. The, the scriptures have talked about evil a lot of different ways and with many examples. And we see it in the world still today, 2,000 years later. But yes. never knowing, this is our problem. You know, we've been waiting yes. for God to fix this. We're God's answer to the yep.
1: problem of evil. You can get yeah, that one. <laughs> and that's that's a message that's only you're only going to hear through Get Wisdom these days. So we're trying to get that to a bigger audience. But it really makes sense to me when I first heard it that we, this is our problem to solve. It makes all the sense in the world when you look at the way the
2: world works. Well, it's a problem of the physical arena, the physical plane of existence. So there needs to be boots on the ground yep. in the physical Not to have the maximum greatest being of light swoop in and just fix it all. No. This is a question to see, can we write the ship we have been a part of and solve the problem ourselves? If we can't, we will have failed. And we're going to have a restart of things that could take many, many, many uh, millennia. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, We have the opportunity. We have the material. Check us out, getwisdom.com. We're all out of time this week, Carl. Thanks a
2: lot, everybody. Be well.
0: Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.